Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated. In order for the Jazz to contend for a top three or four spot in the Western Conference, there had to be improvements organically. And I think we're seeing that. Mike Conley looks more like Mike Conley. Jordan Clarkson, a guy that I picked for sixth man of the year, has been everything you could ask for and more. Those things are sustainable. Are they sustainable at the level they're at right now? Probably not, but so aren't all these other teams. I mean, I'm watching Paul George play right now, and he's shooting like 50% from the floor and 50% from three. I mean, there are some wacky numbers across the league that simply aren't going to hold up. Mike Conley, who has been playing so well, shoots only two of seven, one of five from three, and yet he had a huge impact on that game for the positive. Ten assists. What was he? What was his plus minus in that game? Plus 26. That shows you the development of uh, Mike Conley as a terrific setup man. He doesn't have to shoot great every game, and he can help his team still win, and that's what he did last night. New Orleans isn't playing the type of defense that bothers the Jazz. That high-pressure defense that has caused the Jazz to struggle a little bit. And if you don't do that, what the Jazz are going to do is get into their offense. If you get open shots, your opportunity to, and this isn't rocket science, to make those threes is so much higher as opposed to off the bouncer, a hand in your face, or any of those sorts of things. And the Jazz got anything they wanted shooting last night. It's really, really fun to watch. Head basketball coach at Utah State, Craig Smith, with us here on the Big Show. I gotta tell you, it feels so good to talk to you guys. The fact they happen to be bogged down by talking to Scotty Gerard um, <laughs> all the time. Coach, let's talk about your team. What's going right up there? You know, coaches do your best to put guys in a position to have success. But basketball is a player's game. Players gotta go out there and defend hard and rebound and make the decisions on the offensive end. We've been fortunate to have some very good players that have really bought in to what we're trying to do on both sides of the ball. Now the running backs coach at Utah State, Chucky Keaton, with us here on the Big Show. Is it good to be back? Good to be home? It's great. It's still crazy to me just through the journey that I've been on and the opportunity to go through the program as a player and play for five years and then to be able to come back to this school is a dream and it's a blessing and it's still kind of crazy to me just to be able to come back. At one point it was a foreign place and now I'm pretty much the tour guide for some of the other coaches. <laughs> so I'm definitely excited to continue to improve upon the foundation that's already been laid in front of us. John Canzano, the Oregonian, you're on the big show. I guess the new commissioner doesn't necessarily have to be well-versed in the X's and O's of football, but they sure better understand the importance of it, right? Because I swear it seemed like Larry Scott got lost in that. Didn't know it. I mean, he was a Harvard-educated tennis player, and who did he hire as his right hand? Woody Dixon, another attorney who didn't know football. And the coaches would have conversations with the conference office, and conference did not understand their challenges in scheduling, and why can't you play a 7 p.m. kickoff or turn around on a short week? What about this rule change that's being proposed? They really felt it was, you're from Mars, I'm from Venus, when they were talking to the conference commissioner. There'd be three people I'd interview for this job. Any one of Bob Chapek's kids. Who's Bob Chapek? The current CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Oh. He's got three children. I have no idea how old they are, but one of them has got to be qualified enough to sit in a chair and say, hey, Dad, uh, I want to succeed at my first big job. Could you give us a sweet deal on our next TV contract? That's good thinking. What do you think? That's progressive what you, isn't there, that brilliant? Yeah, He's got three kids. All you got to do is hire one of them. If his kid is in eighth grade, that's okay. I don't care. I, you can build in a playground there at the headquarters. Well, you can absolutely. There's a reason the other conferences have partnered with television companies to run their networks because athletic conference commissioners have no business running television networks. None. Zero. Every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Oh, what's going on? 
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Sounds of the Week right there, brought to you by our friends at Davis Vision. Their New Year's spe- uh, special is going on now. Save $1,000 off normal pricing uh, now through the end of January. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com today. We are live at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. They have their Orem location as well, 86 East university parkway um make sure uh drop by see what they can do for you price is so low it'll blow your mind it's the warehouse gordo you ready for a little what's going on yes i am as always all right austin has uh put together uh, a little package as uh, we say in the biz and uh, this is just uh you know highlights the shack situation reactions uh in the post game all uh, put together to t- uh, to tell a nice tidy story here you go Donovan gets Zion switched on him, crosses him over, steps him back for three. Oh, take that and wind it back. Donovan Mitchell for three. Donovan tries to attack Adams, does foul and finishes. He hung, he levitated, he's just absolutely stopped time for a moment. And then he put it off the glass and in. Donovan Mitchell, here's Donovan, off the bounce, fires the three and hits. They're dropping the big, which is their big adjustment from the other night. But that should open up the off the bounce three for Donovan Mitchell. Donovan gets a double stagger, right to left, rise and fire, three, pow! Donovan Mitchell's got 21 in the first half. Kenny, you have no pictures of the first half. You just wanted to have conversation. Yeah, a little You've come to the right place. Because everyone's making these moves to win the championship. You look at, you know, what Brooklyn's done. You look at what the Lakers did over last year. You look at all the movement that's, that you look around the league. My question to the panel. Donovan Mitchell is at the point of superstardom where he can take you there, or he's still all-star status he needs to be second or third option really yeah yeah see that yeah I, I, he, has, that he has he has enough talent to do it but hmm. what holds him because see i'm i'm seeing well, you know, i'm seeing listen, he's, that he well, scores at will and i'm seeing he's, he's overpowering people yeah no, but he that's, does that's score what a superstar is okay exactly. all right a superstar is the guy who can win the game multiple ways true there are a lot of guys who are great offensive players but a superstar is a guy who can win a game if he if he having a bad shoot night he can get a lot of rebounds or he can play defense uh don is a, is a terrific player he's but a like, scoring machine yeah but that's that's, yeah, that's but, why he's an all-star yeah, ernie yeah, exactly yeah, but, but i'm saying he doesn't make and, and uh, listen you know when guys try to explain Explain this type of stuff. It seems like it's old guys hating. It's not old guys hating. It's like, okay, he's a great scorer. I will give you that. But he makes zero impact on the rest of the game. And, and not only that, he's a great scorer. I agree with that. But if he's not scoring, what else can he do? Gobert sets the pick. Left hand off the bounce, dribble three. Donovan Mitchell is six of six from behind the arc. And the Jazz lead it by eight. And he's got 32. Here's Donovan, right hand high dribble, baseball pass to the corner, Royce O'Neal, corner three, Rolls Royce, and Donovan Mitchell with another dime. Rebound, four Jazz players after it, Donovan baseball pass, Ingles ahead, Ingles reverse layup, scores it. Donovan Mitchell with another assist playing shortstop. Conley, right hand drive, hooks the pass to Donovan, catch and shoot angle, left three, good. Have I mentioned anything about Donovan Mitchell and catch and shoot to you ever, Rob? I don't think you've mentioned it enough. <laughs> Donovan. Working off Alexander Walker, crosses him over, drops him, gives it down low to Favors, who lays it up and in. Alexander Walker has no shoes, no shirt, no service. Oh, boy, somebody is on YouTube and going to be there for a long time. Oh, my, did Donovan just 
Donovan turned him into a twister game. Put the right hand on the floor, left hand on your hip. Oh boy, Donovan, that's not nice. Part of this is Shaq. I, I said tonight that uh, you are one of my favorite players, but you don't have what it takes to get to the next level. I said it on purpose. I wanted you to hear it. What do you have to say about that? All right. That's it. <laughs> that's it? All right. That's it. Okay, cool. I mean, I you I, hear I've been here, well, Shaq, I've been hearing that since my rookie year. You know, I'm just going to get okay, better and well, do what I do good. at the end well, of the day. You. Well, that's what I wanted you to hear you say. Yes, Love sir. your game, brother. Keep it up. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think, you know, in spite of what our candid conversation, you guys are one of the top five players. You obviously couldn't see you playing, playing the game. You know, you guys are one of the top five teams in the, in the, in the league. And when the question was like, I was like, I asked the panel, I was like, can this guy be one of the top five players in the league? And how can he do it? because these two guys have been it. And the one thing that we were saying is being able to affect the game in rebounding and assist as well as scoring because each year you become a more lethal scorer you have each year. And that second way, then you'll be talked about with these guys, with Shaq and and Charles and LeBrons of the world because you're putting your team in position with your offensive uh, repertoire. So that's the open conversation that you did not hear that went on. Got you. Getting Got you into that you. next you. level. Got you. Rudy, I don't know if you're aware of uh, what happened on TNT tonight. There was a, a lot of conversations from your friend Shaquille O'Neal uh, and Charles Barkley saying that they they didn't think that Donovan Mitchell was a superstar and that he couldn't do really anything else other than score. And so I'd like to know what you think. I think that at the end of the day, uh, whatever they want to call us, you know, if we keep winning games, they're going to have to watch us anyway. You know, so uh, hopefully they get to watch us uh, until uh, July and uh, and then they can call us whatever they want. The first thing for Donovan is he's, he's efficient right now. And, you know, that means, you know, he's picking his spots. He's taking what the defense gives him. Uh, and I thought early in the game, he really attacked the rim. Um, he was able to get in the paint and get on the rim. And then as the game progressed, you know, he's seen different pick and roll coverages. They blitzed him at one point. Um, they started way back, you know, by the rim. They were dropped. And I think that's what we saw really in the second half when he was able to get some of those pull-up threes off the dribble. Uh, so his ability to read situations, um, he's, so, he's so unselfish that, um, you know, he'll, he'll take what the defense gives him. And in this case, like you said, you know, he had those opportunities and, you know, everybody on the team knows that, you know, he's in that situation. We want him to attack and score. And uh, he just did a really good job of being balanced. I, you know, I think he had five assists to go with that, too. So um, really strong outing for him. Yeah, I've, I've been a, a big fan of Don's and seeing the way he's grown over the last few seasons, uh, even before I was here, um, his progression has been great. And um, I just I don't know how you can, you know, Make make a statement um, regarding that and his progress at such at such a young age. Um, he's a guy that's it's gotten better every year. Uh, he's added things to his game. And he'll continue to get better. So, um, you know, I don't know. We, we we like to block out all the noise here, um, but obviously, you know, we you, you hear some things leak through. You hear it, and it just motivates Don even more. So I'm. Um, I'm thankful for, you know, that, and uh, I know he'll be better. So last week I asked you about Shaq cracking on Gobert. Now it's Shaq cracking on Mitchell, Joe. What's your reaction? I, 
honestly feel like their ratings must be so bad that they have to just <laughs> talk absolute nonsense so that they get some more clicks and some more uh, whatever they views or whatever because it's um, I mean it's been I've said it before a lot of our guys have said it before that um, I mean including kind of all media at times you you don't want to you just don't want to get like caught up in it um, right. at times it's just so irrelevant and, and it's literally like I mean, you can go to those guys. You can go to even the last year and a half with with you guys. You guys are normally around us daily. Um, you, you just don't see what's going on behind the scenes. You don't watch. They, how many TNT games do we have this year? I think we've got like three national TV games this year, or four right. or something. Like, yeah. They see Rudy. They see Donovan. They see him three times in a year. Um, <laughs> so for us, it's just. I think. I think Locke tweeted last night. Like, you, you, if you don't watch our team, and if if Donovan wanted to walk the ball up every possession and play ISO, he would average 35, 8 and 8. No doubt. Um, we've got so many ball handers, so many creators. So, Like Donovan's, <laughs> the best thing about Donovan being the superstar that he is, is that last night, I think it was, we, and it's happened so many times before with, with Rudy and Donovan, where uh, Donovan will have a couple of turnovers or, or a couple of bad plays, and he's like, Joe, take the next couple of possessions. Like, I'm tired or things aren't working or whatever it is. They're blitzing me, like, let me just play off the ball. Like, there's not many guys at that level that are just going to not take the possession off, but take, like, hey, it's not working for me right now, or they're, they're playing really aggressively with me. Go and get the ball, and, and let's create from, from something else. Like, like he, he can get a wide-open shot from myself or Mike or, or whoever creating. So, yeah, we really don't give a <laughs> what people think about our team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully the kids listening don't understand one letter. Shiz, Joe, shiz. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, we really don't, though. Like, it's, if, if you get caught up in that stuff, it, 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 can, it can affect your team or an individual. And um, I can promise everybody that's listening now that Donovan went home and had an amazing sleep. And he's probably not awake yet, but when he wakes up, he, he won't be any different to, to what he was yesterday. And um, he's obviously, uh, I mean, we know what, what Rudy and Donovan mean to our group. Um, and anyone, anyone that has an opinion, like, cool, everyone can have an opinion, but we don't really care about anyone's opinions except the guys in our locker room and the guys that are around us daily. Man, we're on a seven-game win streak right now. We're playing good basketball. Like, you know, I, I hate to take a win like this and make it about what they said about me. You know, like, you look at how we played in the Garden. Like, I'm happy. You know, like, I we, we remember the start of the year, you know. Like, we, we kind of – we came out flat in certain games like this. If teams hit us first, we didn't have a pushback. Like, this was this was kind of Minnesota. You know, when Minnesota went up 15, like, they came out ready to go, and we still stayed stayed through. Like, that's really where it's at. I mean, like, at the end of the day, like, I'm I'm here to, to, to play basketball and be the best teammate and best player that I can be. They don't like it. They don't like it. I'm not I'm not trying to make this about me. This is this – is, Team basketball, like at the end of the day, we're we're winning, we're doing good things, and we just got to keep it up because we got Golden State coming in, and we got to be ready for that. Great job by Austin putting that all together. Uh, absolutely terrific. Thanks for doing that, Austin. Um, Gordon, uh, some real. I I thought the reaction from Donovan himself and his teammates. You, you know, everybody's talking about the I moment, uh, but in the post game. I thought from Rudy, Mike, Donovan, and then Joe Ingles this morning, their reaction to it all, I thought was just perfect. 
Yeah, I agree with that completely. Very mature. And I think it might have been a little more emotional than what they were showing. Uh, it did get their attention, but it, it, is, it, is it going to um, move them in one direction or the other? I, I don't really think that's going to be the case. But Donovan's reaction in particular was so freaking mature. I mean, you know, I, I don't know what else you can add to what he said. Uh, just the Jazz are going to move on. I, I do think they will pick up a little, a little uh, motivation, but uh, I think they were already pretty motivated because you heard what they said before the season started, that they didn't want to tolerate uh, a first-round ouster in the playoffs again. And so that applies to what they're doing now, not just what happens in the postseason. They want to prepare themselves to be able to handle every situation they might face, and that's what they're doing. I thought Donovan's comment uh, was right on the money. This was not. Uh, this was about the game itself. What a shock! Talking about the actual game itself, uh, <laughs> but the way that they handled adversity in the first quarter and then completely mm-hmm. tightened up the D and ended up honestly uh, blowing out the Pelicans. Uh, I mean, the the game was well in hand uh, by what midway through the fourth quarter. I mean they 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 ended up really dominating the Pelicans after giving up forty three points in the first quarter. So I, I think he compared it to the Minnesota game. He said that was the Minnesota game, except for against the T-Wolves. It unraveled on them, and they never got back into the game. Not only did they play their way back into the game, but they ended up winning that game easily. And I think, yeah, they did. And, and, and you know, when, they, when, they, when that margin closed, what did it get down to? Eight, six, something like that at one point? The, uh, the Jazz just stretched it right back and uh, with clutch play. And I know that Quinn was, he wanted his team to grind out a win last night because, you know, playing the same team twice within a couple of days, uh, you know, that's what they had to do. And they did. And they played efficiently. They played well. They played unselfishly. And uh, I think in front of a national TV audience, uh, they got a glimpse at uh, – the potential that the Jazz have to continue on. They may not be the Lakers, and I'm not sure that they are. Not yet. But they are definitely making progression, and it's clear to see, at least in the eyes of anybody who's paying attention. Uh, the, let's see, New Orleans, 26 points in the second quarter, 23 in the third, 26 in the fourth. Yeah, that, that first is- quarter was pretty wild. <laughs> Yeah, it got yeah. away from it, but they recovered, and they did it on the yeah. defensive side of the ball, which I actually think is is also uh, very you know, important. What was so funny about that, Jake, is that Stan Van Gundy warned his team that that, was, that might happen. <laughs> he said, okay, you're doing really well. Uh, they build up that nice double-digit lead, but uh, he said, look out, because this team's going to come back, and that's exactly what uh, the Jazz did. Howard Beck will be on with us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Ben Anderson, our friend from KSL Sports, will join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. But right now we're here at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low to blow your mind. Don't forget about their Orem location as well, 86 East University Parkway. And our friend Christopher is jumping on the show once again, filling in admirably for his dad, Tom. In fact, even throwing in some extra deals that Tom can't know about. Throwing in extra deals we are but we got to go back to what we're famous for, you know. All right. Uh, Jake, you know it. You know the deal. We're talking about adjustable beds. That's what you guys do. Um, the deal that we've been most famous for for the last 
I'd say maybe a year and a half, has been a split king adjustable bed. And now that's two, uh, that's two bases that adjust the head, adjust the foot, two mattresses. You take your pick, either gel-infused memory foam or a hybrid spring with memory foam, foam on top. In the size of a king, you and your partner adjust separately. Gordon, are you, are you still with us? Did you go with the, the split king or did you go with the solid? King. Yep. Which because. The split? Sorry, yeah, we, the we split. didn't hear the first part. Split. All right. Yeah. I went with the split because I wanted to be able to adjust. If I was watching TV or something, I wanted to be able to adjust and not bother my wife uh, when that was going on. And uh, the versatility of that has worked out nicely. Yeah. See? There you go. And we're doing it better than we ever have. Normally, our boom price is twenty two ninety nine, and okay. that, granted, that's about two thousand dollars cheaper than our competition. Today, this weekend, we're doing it nineteen ninety nine. Two bases, two mattresses. Under two grand for a split king adjustable. That's insane. There it is. If you mention the Big Show, you always get your mattress protector for free. Which is awesome because that way you can try it out for uh, for a month, right? And then bring it back. 60 days. 60 days. 60-day 60 lay guarantee. Which is great. Yep. All right. 1825 South, 300 West. If you're in the market for an adjustable bed, this is the place to be. Don't forget about Orm as well. 86 East University Parkway. Less than 2K. Man, you're going to be in trouble, Christopher. I know, right? Yeah, you're in trouble, buddy. All right. Take advantage of it. Thanks. We appreciate you, Christopher. We'll have more coming up next. It's the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I hope we can repair things with Calvin Johnson. He was obviously an amazing player for us. Um, you know, we're going to continue to reach out to him and hope that we can repair things because I think it's important that he come back into the Lions family. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. That was Sheila Ford right there. Talked about Matthew Stafford, I believe. Uh, or Calvin Johnson, excuse me. What's the story there, Austin? I, I must well, have missed that. What's going I on? I thought you guys Johnson? had mentioned it yesterday, and so I wanted to make sure that we played that soundbite where Calvin Johnson just essentially said, "Enough of this garbage. I'm just going to quit football." <laughs> the Lions beat the love of football out of Calvin Johnson, and now that Dan Campbell is the head coach, that was the owner of the Lions, Sheila Ford, saying, "I hope that we can repair the relationship with Calvin." I see. Okay. Well, it's funny that they've done that uh, to two generational superstars now, right? That yes. they, they just as soon say, you know what, I'm I'm going to stop. I could continue, but I dislike this franchise so much, I'm just going to call it a day. Yeah, first uh, Barry Sanders and now Megatron. <laughs> two of the greatest ever. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, you, you, have, you put it well, Austin. You've lionsed the life right out of me. <laughs> Uh, Gordon, uh, we have a few. We've got an open segment here, and I know you still have a, an item or two left on the list. Should we knock them off here? Yeah, sure. I, the first one is this. Did you see this, that uh, Draymond Green got ejected from the game last night? Uh, <laughs> but he wasn't yelling at the refs. He was yelling at James Wiseman, his own teammate, the rookie, the seven foot, 240 240-pound rookie. 
who sometimes gets lost on the court. And so Draymond starts screaming at him. They must be having some sort of problems because you don't just erupt at somebody like that out of the blue. But then he got ejected for it, and the NBA is now admitting that it did, in fact, make a mistake uh, because he was not being disrespectful to the authorities. He was being disrespectful to his teammates. So a couple things. The first one is, how do you feel about one team member screaming at another at the professional level? Uh, I'm fine with it. I mean, if you go as far as like Darren Williams did to throw a ball at Gordon Hayward's head, that might be taking it a bit too far. But, you know, in the in the heat of competition, barking at a teammate to get in better defensive position, yeah, I'm fine with that. You got a problem uh, with that? I, it depends. I mean, it depends. I think it can be overcooked, and it can be more detrimental than it is helpful. But, I, you know, I mean, sometimes veterans do get a little angry with a youngster, and uh, I don't have a problem so much with that. It just depends on the severity of it. But that's funny that he got chucked. <laughs> he got chucked out of the game for yelling at his own guy. We see that with some of the coaches who get angry. They not When something bad happens or there's a call or something and they start yelling, you think, is he yelling at the ref? No, he's yelling at his own players. It's a tricky thing. Uh, I, I thought that was interesting what uh, Donovan Mitchell said last night. He said, I, I just want to be a good teammate. Uh, how do you be a good teammate? Uh, I mean, are there certain boundaries that are off limits as far as I'm talking about on, on court behavior <laughs> or maybe in the locker room? Uh, what do you make of that? I, I, I guess a little roughing up is okay, but don't take it too far. Wow. I, uh, okay. Uh, but this is, this is basketball here, you know, and, and at a very high level, mind you. I, I, I don't see Draymond Green going up to James Wiseman and going, excuse me, James. Um, would you mind if it's not too much trouble now, would you mind, uh, being where you're supposed to be on the floor? If that's okay. Yeah. Hey, what, you know, you're out there trying to win a basketball game. Like the Boston office space. Yes. Mm, we're going to need you to come in on Saturday. We're going to need you to be that in your right be, spot. Okay. I'm, I'm going to need that you would to be great. Yeah. I, I mean, Draymond Green's a leader on that team. And uh, if he's uh, barking at the rookie a little bit, I, I got I got no issue with that. You see Rudy uh, bark at uh, veterans all the time to get in position defensively. That's his that's his job. I mean that's his role. He's the he's kind of the 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 safety in football, right? He's he's the guy looking at everybody, getting them into position. And uh, if you miss a, a please and thank you while you're you're trying to do your job, then uh, I'm fine with it. I, I more think it's funny that the sensitive. Well, let me put it this way. Uh, it, of course, the NBA ref thought it was about him. Of course, the NBA or her, I suppose. I don't know who called the technical foul. But of course, the NBA ref who thinks everything's about them thinks that, of course, Draymond Green must be cursing at me because I'm the most important man in the building. Yeah, not a surprise. Do you think that one's ego it plays a role in how sensitive one is in a, either the position of a player or a ref? Yes. <laughs> I'm surprised you even I, put that in question form. I, I, well, I just – I remember – I've told you this story before. And when Mark Pope was an assistant at BYU, 
I saw him get dressed down by a referee in a way that I had never seen a referee do it before. And I was right there within, I could hear what the referee was saying. And I couldn't believe what I was hearing. He was so sensitive. And what he said to Mark was totally inappropriate. He, he, he treated him like a, like, a, like a school kid who needed to be punished or chastised, scolded. And the guy told him essentially to sit down and not move. And I looked at that referee like, who put, I mean, what do you think you are? You walk on that court, you think you own it because you got a striped shirt and a whistle? I mean, I understand that sometimes guys are, 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 are disrespected in ways that they shouldn't be. And oftentimes, especially when someone is right and then someone is barking at him about it and he doesn't want to hear it. I get that. But you don't treat anybody that way. I mean, Mark didn't do anything that deserved that kind of condescension. It was ridiculous. I wanted to punch the ref. I really did. Wouldn't that be sweet? Uh, not because I didn't even know Mark that well, but uh, I, I just thought, man, you got no business talking to this man this way. He's a professional. He's uh, doing his job, and you're acting like a big baby. And it was it was stupid. Anyway, Whenever I hear my, uh, somebody say, who do you think you are, I always think of, and uh, maybe we're doing too many office references here, but I always think of Michael doing Toby's exit interview where he has his questions prepared, but Holly sits in on the exit interview who he likes, so he tries to make the questions into a, you know, like a more positive thing, and <laughs> he's reading it, and he's like, who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> that that one comes to mind, Jake, as does this one. Yes, that does come the, to the mind. Pete Weber. Uh, Who do you think you are? I am. I, am. <laughs> I love that though in the office where Who do you think you are? Who do you are? think you are? What gives you the right? <laughs> <laughs> I always I always think about that. But yeah, I, I I get completely annoyed with refs who who think that uh, uh, that the the fans paid tickets or paid money for tickets to come in and see them ref. It drives me. That's why I I know Dick Bavetta is unpopular around here for a variety of reasons. But that's why I disliked him. <laughs> Dick, nobody came to see you, ref man. We got it. All right. Oh brother. Yeah. All right. Well, and and here's the other thing about that. Sometimes it's the tone. You use, as opposed to the words you use, right? Who do you think you are? <laughs> yeah, I got it. Yeah, it is the tone. What was the movie where the guy was reading uh, out of, like, Sports Illustrated to the baby? And, uh, it no, was, it's had, three men and a baby. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it so doesn't it matter, matter what, what I read. It just matters <laughs> the tone of voice I use. <laughs> yeah, so keep that in mind, uh, Jake and Austin, as you are, as you are teaching your children, your young children. All right, and then finally, I have this, and I wanted to ask you guys about it because I, I'm not sure I understand how it works completely. Have you ever been through a, walking through an airport and had a dog sniffing at you? I walked out of the arena yesterday and came across uh, one of Salt Lake's finest with a dog, yeah. Okay, so what's going on with the NBA arenas where uh, they have these COVID-detecting dogs? Is that, is that a thing? I mean, can they? how can they tell? 
I have never heard of that. Is that a thing? Well, it's that's COVID the, detecting? Uh, that, that can't be. That's what, that, that's that what this story that. said. That's Fake what news. the story said, that the Miami Heat are using COVID detecting dogs. You know what? You know what that reminds me of the that spray contraption that the Denver uh, the, the Denver Broncos used. You mean the water bottle? <laughs> Wasn't it like it looked like it was a like metal a mist spray or a, yeah? It was like a metal like detector an park. frame. Yeah, that was spraying <laughs> some sort of mist, and they were like, "This is this is how we're combating COVID 19 Walk through this and sleep on a my pillow, and you'll <laughs> never get COVID. It's gonna, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> That's what this reminds me of. Well, the Heat have their COVID-detecting dogs. Oh, do they? Let me read this. It says the Heat plan for fans returning to home games uh, includes COVID-detecting dogs used to check fans as they arrive. Apparently, it starts next Thursday as they allow 1,500 season ticket holders into the game. Who, um, uh, you know, all these people are getting uh, 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 swabs jammed into their brain. All they needed to do was uh, was consult Fido. <laughs> well, I don't. Uh, whatever it takes, man. <laughs> whatever it takes. And this this virus bark twice so, for positive <laughs> has been has been so Baxter, bark twice if you're in Milwaukee. So crazy. If they have to do whatever they can to to combat it, uh, I think hopefully that's come clear to every American now and everyone across the globe that. Uh, if I can find a dog that's going to be able to do that, then good on him, man. Use whatever you can to help save the world. All right. We are live here at the warehouse today. Come by and visit us, 1825 South, 300 West, also in Orem, 86 East University Parkway. We will have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Monday! Get ready for another America First Credit Union Matinee Monday. God, you are hard to look at. You look like the topographical map of Utah. There are five new movies being shown this week at Megaplex Theaters, including a true story called Our Friend, starring Jason Siegel, Dakota Johnson, and Casey Affleck. After receiving life-altering news, a couple finds unexpected support from their best friend who puts his own life on hold and moves into their family home, bringing an impact much greater and more profound than anyone could have imagined. Our friend is rated R. George Lopez stars in a modern Western action-adventure thriller called No Man's Land. A father-son border patrol duo have their lives and perspectives changed forever when an accidental shooting leaves them on the run. No Man's Land is rated PG-13. And in celebration of its original release 20 years ago, The Emperor's New Groove is back on the big screen for the whole family's enjoyment at Megaplex Theaters. And here we go. Matinee Mondays at the Megaplex Theaters, where all America First Credit Union members get matinee prices all day long. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Eleven million dollars, folks. 
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse. 1825 South, 300 West. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind. The warehouse. It is time for a tri-day trading market update. Gordon, how did the markets do today? Uh, it was a little mixed today. Uh, the uh, the S&P was down a l- just over 11 points. The Dow was down 179-plus points. And the NASDAQ was up 12 points. You know what uh, they said? Uh, at least there's some speculation of what caused the market to drop a little bit. Was that uh, Dr. Fauci said that the coronavirus vaccinations are less effective against the new strains. And the market didn't like that news. So, anyway, there you go. All right, there's your market update brought to you by our friends at TryDayTrading.com. Now, anyone can be a day trader. Visit TryDayTrading.com. Uh, we're going to get to Howard Beck coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, ben Anderson, our good friend, will join us at uh, the top of the 5 o'clock hour. So stay tuned for that. We're, we're obviously talking a lot of jazz basketball today on the show. Certainly talked a lot about uh, uh, the uh, uh, Shaq's comments about Donovan Mitchell. And uh, he's gone at Rudy now this year, and now he's gone at, uh, at Donovan. Gordon, I'm telling you, I don't think he's over the tag thing. Tag ate his lunch in the playoffs, and I, I don't think he's liked the Jazz ever since. Does that go back to the sweep that the Jazz had of the Lakers back in, uh, what was it, 98? Uh, and Tag had, his, uh, that... Tag had his only four good games of his career. <laughs> he had a couple of good games against uh, Akeem, too. But uh, anyway, yeah, maybe, maybe he's still, maybe that's still eating at him a little bit. I don't know. You know what I wondered today? I know that Austin's list comes out on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but I had the feeling I could, I could be reading Austin wrong, but I almost had the feeling like he, he had something he wanted to, uh, to get off his chest today. Did I misread that, Austin? I think so. Uh, did I tell okay. you something in a break that I'm not remembering? I thought you said you were eager to get back to your list, and I thought, wow, I hope you don't have to hold that in until next Tuesday. But uh, maybe I, think I, maybe said that I yesterday. just watched you a bad moment. No, you said that to me today off oh. the air. Oh, I'm sorry. I... Oh. All right. I wasn't right. listening well, to me. I just wondered. I, I... <laughs> Do you not listen to yourself, Austin? Often? No. I... Who? What? <laughs> No, actually, you know, while we're being awkward, can I awkwardly give some great news to our listeners? I've received express permission to do so. Uh, Our friend Uh Steve Brown, who's been uh, struggling with a lot of health issues this year, uh, he has a he's been matched with a donor and he is uh, surgery is imminently pending with a full recovery, highly anticipated for Steve. So terrific, terrific news there. That is good news. Shout out to Steve. That, That makes my day right there. Steve has been here a long time, man. That guy, he has uh, been in the business as long as I can remember, really. Uh, sorry, Steve, if I'm making you feel old. <laughs> he's uh, He's been around. He's seen just about everything. So that's great news. Uh, good luck with everything, Steve. You want to get back to the jazz, Gordon? Where do you want to go? I, I started a jazz conversation, and 
It went sideways a little bit there. Where, where, what do you want to hit? No, we can go jazz. Uh, the, what, uh, what, what did you have on your mind? What was? Tell me this. For those of our listeners who who didn't have the opportunity to hear your post game last night, other than the shack and the and the and the Donovan thing and all of that, what was the major takeaway on the post game amongst you and Tim? What uh, What was the main thrust of it? Um, well, uh, the, the Shaq thing dominated a lot of it. Um, the, the offense really, and how it was different in this game, because the Pelicans made an adjustment, uh, with how they, they were not going to let anybody get to the rim, specifically Rudy Gobert. And they left a big specifically Steven, Steven Adams, basically in the paint mm-hmm. the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a defense designed to get the jazz into something that they didn't want, which was a bunch of floaters. And they were able to win the game that way too. So they won the game, you know, they won the game with three-pointers and open catch-and-shoot threes in game number one against the Pelicans, and uh, they won the game in an entirely different fashion against the Pelicans last night. Not entirely, but I think you get my point. And I think it's uh, it's a good sign that this Jazz basketball team can win games in multiple ways. Um, and, uh, again, we'll see against a team that plays a little bit more of that high-pressure defense, but uh, I think it's it's they're not – married to a singular way that the whole cliche live and die by the three even though the jazz shoot a lot of them is not necessarily the case with this team there is one consistent factor though undeniable when the jazz shoot 50 percent, they win i know you're tired of hearing that from me but it's true and like you said you do make a good uh counter to that when you say that's probably true for both teams <laughs> i honestly i'd like to know the winning percentage of teams that shoot over 50 percent in a game do you think it's like in the 90 percentile <laughs> i'm not even trying to be fine i don't, I, I don't be know because some teams 100. don't play much defense and uh some teams can shoot 50 percent and still lose I think the I number would be right would now. be high. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think the the winning probability for that would be would be quite high. Nineties probably, Austin. Okay, yeah, that, that's I but think it, so as well. And a hundred percent when they score team. more points than the opponent than the other team. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. But uh, you know, it's not just like we were talking about. It's not just shooting fifty percent, forty-four of eighty-eight overall, but shooting nearly forty-four percent from three. I mean. That is that's Quinn Snyder's dream right there. But they, I they, mean, I know there are other factors that come into play. But when they when they have that going on, they're gonna they're gonna be awfully tough to beat. They shot fewer last night. Uh, they were at thirty nine. Um, I have to look at what they shot on on Tuesday night. But made seventeen. Where on Tuesday they made over twenty for the fifth time this year. So it it was. Uh, I I thought the way that they played last night was different, and I think that that. I think that's a really good sign for them um, that they won that ball game in that particular fashion. And again, the, I think the defense won them the game. To be honest, the defense adjustments uh, that they made uh, out, outside of that first quarter, and after they stopped making dumb dis- mistakes, which they did in the first quarter, see Mike Conley and George Niang both fouling, even though uh, they were over the limit and sending the Pelicans to the line. I mean, you could whatever buzzword or cliche you want to pick out, you know, focused or or whatnot. Uh, they fixed that mid-game, which I, they didn't do earlier in the year to Donovan Mitchell's point against a team like Minnesota. They fixed it, and they ended up winning uh, with relative ease. 
Uh, the four teams, well, by the took- way, who have shot 50% or better in the last three games, uh, only one of them has lost one of those 12 games, and that was the Nets in overtime to the Cavaliers. So it's an 11-1 record f- over the last three games in the NBA with, when teams shoot over 50%. Over the last three nights? Over the last three games played, yes. Oh, games played. Oh, okay. That's, uh, well, that's fairly convincing, I would say. Uh, <laughs> I will stand by it nonetheless. <laughs> well, of course you'll stand <laughs> by it. I, I, I would, I... <laughs> I'm a, I'm a front runner, man. Okay, so what about this? When we talk about <laughs> when we talk about the Jazz's defensive effort, uh, for instance, last night they got eight blocks in that game, as opposed to the Pel- the Pelicans uh, two. Okay, so good for the Jazz, but the Jazz they they are not a team that gets a lot of steals. They are not a team that causes a lot, forces a whole lot of turnovers. What's the deal with that, and do you think it's a problem? Nope, because I think the Jazz defense is predicated around making the team, making the other team take shots they don't want to take. I think that's the the whole point of their defense. They're not a high-pressure defense that, that necessarily causes a lot of turnovers or gets a lot of steals. That's not really their objective. Their objective is to force you into taking shots that you don't want to take. Take away the rim, take away the corner three, and make you settle in for the mid-range. And that's what they're trying to force other teams to do. And the, with the, the Pelicans, they don't take a lot of threes. They don't want to take a lot of threes. And, in fact, ironically enough, when they were taking threes, was in the first quarter when they were winning, and they went away mm-hmm. from the three ball. And it's, it's really tough to score in the paint on Rudy. And if you take away the three, you're left with a bunch of floaters and a bunch of shots you could live with. I mean, how many bad shots did Lonzo Ball take from two last night? I mean, yeah. that's that's what you're designing your defense to do is to they get Lonzo shot, Ball long twos. They still shot better than the Jazz did from three when they did take them. And uh, so, so, I mean, there was that. But uh, getting back to the turnover thing, the Jazz uh, actually – had fewer turnovers than the Pelicans last night, 17 to 15. So uh, I just, you know how I am. I'm fixated on turnovers. I hate them, and I think they are detrimental to teams, especially in tight games when every possession is so important, especially down the stretch. So I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. But I think your description of the Jazz defense was, was bang on there. All right, we'll talk to Howard Beck coming up right around the corner, a senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, your daily assist. Uh, Howard joins us every Friday. Always look forward to it. We're live at the warehouse in Salt Lake, 1825 South, 300 West, also in Orem, 86 East University Parkway. Christopher jumping on with us once again. Where are we getting to on this one, Christopher? Well, we've been well, we've been talking a lot about Orem, right? Yep. Um, but now I want to share the love. We're here in Salt Lake. We're enjoying these nice sectionals. I want to share the love a little bit. Uh, we just talked about our split king adjustable bed. But so say you want a little bit more of a unison, you want to be a little more bang for your buck. We're talking not a split, but a solid king adjustable bed. That's one base, one king size mattress, head up, foot up, adjustable. And this is a great deal, man. Uh, we, like I just said, you're saving two grand on the split. We're going to save you just under 2500 bucks on this solid. Wow, you're kidding. So normally we're doing it. You will remember for seventeen ninety nine. This weekend we're doing it for fifteen ninety nine. It's pretty. It's an incredible Even deal. Even better. That's that is incredible. 
and you get a pick. You get to take your pick if you want gel infused memory foam or a hybrid that's spring with memory foam topper. What's your preference? What do you go? What's your go-to? I like the gel infused man. They say of. Uh, Twin size with a topper three inches thick of gel-infused memory foam mattress drops the temperature of your mattress down by seven degrees. It's a really cool, just like slick sleeper. See, that's a big deal because I'm a hot sleeper. And that's the big thing about mattresses nowadays, man. We're all about these memory foam, nice, boxy mattresses that you just sleep cool, you're comfortable, it's an easy setup. And that's great what you guys do, you know, the, down the street, right? The, they'll, they'll get you for the frame, and they get you for the mattress, and they get you for the mattress protector. You guys just bundle it all together and beat their price by a mile. Yeah, I mean, I go down the street, and they're selling you the same bed for, what, 4200 bucks. You buy basically their bases. You get mattresses included with our package, basically. Can't be beat. Yep. Got to come see us. All right. Boom. The uh, the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West here in Salt Lake City. Come see us. Uh, appreciate you, Christopher. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Howard Beck joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.